Hi everyone and welcome to another week of the Daily Objective. So today I'm back with uh, Josh Dixon as my co-host, Josh from Resurface UK, a psychologist who can help us understand what is happening in our inner world in the last six months or so. So it's been almost a year, half a year since the beginning of the pandemic and since the beginning of the lockdowns. And the feeling, the emotion that has dominated this time is probably fear. And, but fear having many different expressions. The expression of, at the beginning, being worried even to go out or people uh, making sure that they clean with uh, antiseptics, the things they bought from the supermarket. Then we found ourselves in a better place. We thought, well, it's a bit better. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a big fluctuation in people's feelings. So I want to discuss these things with Josh. But another thing I want also to discuss, and which is going to be the second theme of tonight's show, is are we ever going back to a situation that will look like the pre-COVID days in terms of not only if we're going to wear masks or not, because this is not the main thing. The main thing is here. Are we going ever on a mental state where we feel like life is back to normal? So this summer, for example, I've spent three months in, on virus trips in Greece, and I didn't even do a handshake or a hug with my, you know, with my mother. And yesterday, which was my last day in, in Greece for the summer, she told me something like, haha, someone who is a you know, who is a grumpy, cold person like you, you must be having a, a great time because who knows when it's going to be that we hug and kiss people again. And that, that put me into thoughts and that gave me the idea for today's episode. So, Josh, first of all, let's start with something on fear in general. So what exactly is fear and what is the role that, it's, that it plays? Is it a useful feeling or is it a feeling which is limiting us and depriving us of opportunities and of doing things that otherwise would make our life better? Uh, well, we can, we can start in two places. We, you know, what, what is fear and what is anxiety? Anxiety being a type of fear. And just sort of a simple way of distinguishing between the two is fear is kind of the emotion that comes up when you know something is going to happen bad. There's going to be a loss of value or a threat to your values and you're going to lose something. Um, you know that someone's going to come around and beat you up. You know, you know you're going to get some kind of fine in the post, etc. And you're, you're fearful of the consequences of that. Anxiety is a type of fear that you don't know what's going to happen. And you end up projecting all sorts of um, conclusions from that. And certain people catastrophize and some people minimize and some people are very good at getting it right, etc. So I think there's that, you know, there's, 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 there's elements to fear. And when you say, is it a good or bad emotion, etc.? Well, that's kind of what I was hearing you say just then, um, to whom is my response back. And we always got to remember that your feelings are a result of your thinking and your, and your prior thinking. And so fear can be irrational and it can be very rational. Um, and then, then there's the type of fear responses you get. You know, if someone runs in the room now with an axe, into your room now with an axe, you're going to have a startle response, a fear response that's going to be automatic. 
and then it's what, what you do with that, etc. Whether you go into fight, flight, freeze, submit, dissociate, etc. The various different kind of automatic responses that you have to to such a large stimulus like that. So that that's something to bear in mind as well. But you know, I think with all, with all the emotions, some are, they're good and bad depending on the context, depending on the, the thinking that goes around them, and also what you do with them. Right. And I've heard the theory, for example, that if you have, quote, a fear like uh, arachnophobia, for example, that evolutionary, so to speak, you're, you have better survival rates. Because if, for example, your ancestor would see a snake and go say, ah, oh, that's so cute, and they, yeah. it would eat him and die. So fear would offer a, a protection. So I, I, understand, I understand what you're saying. So would you say that what most people have been experiencing these six months then is fear or anxiety or a bit of both? Because there is a a real threat, but is the way people envision it based on something that is going to happen or is there something that might happen? I think, I think you've got all those different responses going on. I think, you know, I've flipped between them like, I've been sort of fearful about what it's going to do to my business. And that's not anxious. That's not anxiety. It's just fearful of starting again next year. When, when are things going to open up again? What's travel going to happen to travel? All these sorts of things. And then there's anxiety as well of just like, you know, sometimes like, is this ever going to end? What's go- what the hell's going on? I find anxiety is more of an irrational uh, emotion for me. But it's not, it's not necessarily irrational, but it's, 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 just, it's, much, it's much easier to deal with, with regular fear than with anxiety. So anxiety kind of t- tips, it really messes with your thinking as well, because it tips, you, it, it, sort of, it tips you out of what we call your window of tolerance. And when you're out of your window of tolerance, it's much harder to think. Um, when you're out, we, we talk about the window of tolerance as being that sort of scope where you're able to still have agency when under duress uh, due to thinking, smells, visualizations, whatever's going on, but you're still able to maintain that agency. And you've seen someone who's highly anxious, you almost need to shake them to bring them back down, etc. That means they're out of their window of tolerance. So anxieties can be pretty nasty. But what's going on at the moment? You're, you're just getting, I mean, one of the things that I think that's been going on with this is it's not you know, people talking about the culture of fear and all these sorts of things. Well, I think safetyism, which is a, a term that's coming out more and more, and uh, you know that like the current government would rather be safe than sorry about everything, even if it means messing everyone up, etc. The, the the that was in the culture prior to this, and it's just come out. I don't think that people are more fearful now than they were in the past. I don't. I really. I think if you if you go back historically, people were much more fearful. They're they're fearful of the wrath of God and what the priests thinking and what the government's going to do to them and you know, all these sorts of things. So, I think we have to. You know, there's certain context. Like maybe people are a bit more fearful now than they were a year ago. But the, the people's response hasn't come out of a vacuum. People's response has come out of a mixture of their thinking their prior experiences, their philosophies, what they've absorbed from their culture, what they've absorbed from their family, et cetera. 
I encourage people uh, on, on what you said, which is important, to read the work of Frank Furedi, the guy we've had uh, also on the show, on disasters, because he says how disasters are always culturally contextual. And yeah. he gives the example in the Middle Ages of something that wouldn't even be a disaster. For example, you see the light of a meteor in the sky, and it would cause massive panic. It would cause mass hysteria where people would even kill each other because they would try to find who pissed off God because this must be a, a, a message from God so that we have to, 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 to kill them. So indeed, yes, it's, it's not the worst situation, but as you said, we have been already on a framework of irrationality and of, on a framework of, of, of what you said, safety. And this was something that in a way, you have a weakness and it exposes it to the open. But something else that I've noticed, so as I, as I told you, I traveled, in a way, I traveled to Greece at the beginning of the summer and at the end of the summer. What I found very interesting was, although towards the end of the summer, there was a rise in the case, but I saw something interesting. I saw that people's level of fear, let's say, rose with time which we would expect the opposite because now we know more the correlation between deaths and, uh, and uh, cases is widening. And yet, could we say that people have developed something like a fatigue? Something like when you're, con when you're constantly under a level of even light stress, this at some point builds up and then you find yourself on a state which, although your knowledge is that, oh, okay, now I should be a bit more, not relaxed, but a bit more with an understanding of what's happening, you find yourself in the opposite position. Because it's been this, it's as if it's too tiring anymore to think. Let me give you an example. March or April, when everyone was very, very worried, I was constantly going through the internet, trying to find reassuring voice. People were saying, look, the death rate is not five or even two or even 1%. The death rate is very, very low. But at some point you get tired of all that. And then you leave this aside. And then the whole cultural atmosphere in a way kind of gets to you. Is there such a thing? And how can people avoid this fear fatigue? Well, I think, I think that's definitely, you're definitely seeing that playing out at the moment. Because there's, I think the, 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 if you want to call it the people, are very split on this now. There's a lot of people who are who have moved, who have been evidence-based. You know, in in March, we, we thought three percent of people were going to die from it. Now it's 0.6 or 0.4 or something, and it depends on your age bracket. So I've just noticed that around here, where I live in Fulham, and and amongst peers, and even the work that I go into, the treatment centre that I work in, the fear levels are much lower. There's a lot of people who are just like this thing that was going to come in and kill three out of a hundred people I know hasn't materialized. So they're much less fearful of it. But I think people are fearful of the consequences. I think people are very fearful of what's going to happen when furlough ends in certain areas. There's people, what, what's going to happen. The, the ramping up, the media is now ramping up the second wave. That's that, you know, the, the pot that's being stirred now is, is that. And, I don't know. It's it's um, 
my experience has not been what you described. My experience is that people have got a fatigue of it. And a lot of people are like, was that I, um, there are even some people who just think it's a whole load of bollocks. You know? Yeah. But when I'm saying people are more, I'm not, I didn't express it very well. Not so much on the virus. So you see yeah. people having explosions, for example, mental, uh, emotional outbursts for stupid reasons. And then when you say, look, this wasn't so important, they tell you, okay, it's not this, but it's been too much. So that, that's what I mean, not fatigue of the fear of the virus itself, but fatigue of this emotional, let's say, distress. Definitely. And, and now the question is, the big question is, which is the second theme of our show tonight, how do we ever get out of this? So depending on how optimist you are on the vaccine, it's going to be some more months. Today I saw some reports that if you wait till you vaccinate all 7 billion, it might be three years. So is there ever going to be a time you think where life will be as it was in January or even early February 2020? And what is it going to take in our mind for this to happen? So it's one thing what medicine is going to do, because I'm not even sure that if tomorrow you give someone the vaccine, then everything is going to be the same. Because new fears are going to come in our mind. Oh, is this vaccine safe? Or how long is it going to last? Or maybe now I'm a bit more relaxed. So what do we need to do? What resources, inner or outer, do we need to mobilize so that at some point life is, quote, exactly as it used to be? I don't, I don't is, need... is this ever going to happen even? I'm not sure it's going to be like it was before because you're going to have a large section of the population who are going to be paranoid about, oh my God, there's some report from this country that this new disease has broken out and, and so on. And I think that's going to be, I think what happens with these things is time. The longer it goes on, the more it'll be exactly what's happened over this summer. There's so many people are now, are, you know, are not really scared of the virus anymore, but they're worried about that. Most people I speak to now are worried about what's going to happen with their jobs this winter What's going to happen in terms of are they going to be allowed to go on holiday? Are they, what's going to happen with Christmas? You know, these sorts of things are what people are worried about now. And I think, with the, I think the vaccine will have a, a pretty big impact, I think, if it comes and it's effective. Um, and I think people's fears are what are all the anti-vaxxers going to do? And what, what's... You know, so there, there's so many elements to this, but I, I think it's, a sh you know, I think it's, it's shown up a lot of what's going on in various segments of society and um, the sort of tribalism that goes on as well is, I don't think you, you can going to come back from that in a hurry. Are you a masker? Are you an anti-masker? I, you know, I, I was reading something today that, oh, it follows Brexit lines. If you don't wear a mask, you're a Brexiteer. And if you wear a mask, you're a Remainer. And, you know, these, these things are, are, are playing out still. And at some, level, at some level, it even becomes a mental habit. So let me give you an example. So for the last four or five weeks, I've been refreshing a page of the, the Greek news page 
every day around seven o'clock Greek time because I want to see the daily cases. Now, for a very specific reason, because I wanted to see if there's going to be a quarantine in Greece so that if I could travel. So before I traveled and while I was in Greece, every single day, seven o'clock. Now, last, uh, last two days, I found myself still refreshing every day at seven o'clock the number of cases. Now, that had nothing to do with me. Every, uh, the UK announces the quarantines on Thursdays. And yet, Saturday, and even the day I was leaving, I was <laughs> refreshing. So it's, it almost becomes this, I, shall I say stimulant? The, why do we do this? Why do we, or I know many, many people who every day when there's the official announcement, they wait in front of the TV like that. So does this give us something? Do we get something masochistically or something that we don't understand what is happening? Why do we do that? Because you get a little adrenaline hit. You get, so in some cases, you might get a dopamine hit. But, there, you know, with your phone, like, if you get, a, you know, a certain amount of likes, you get a little like, ooh. Or if um, you, you hear a good joke, you get a little, you know, these, these are like small little hits. And adrenaline is the, the or norepinephrine, is the, one of the drugs released when you're anxious, but also when you're excited. And there's something that makes you makes you feel alive when you experience those those chemicals. So there's th that element as well. Also, I wouldn't underestimate that there's probably part of you, like me. I've been you know check. I would be checking it even if it's not Thursday, because of the irrational nature of the current government across everywhere, <laughs> not just in the UK. It's like it seems to be every country is the same. Um, that they might suddenly change something today. It don't, they might say, well, we're not doing Thursdays. They'll say something like, we never said it was going to be Thursdays forever. We've changed it to Saturday. Or So I think there is an element there as well that is, that is rational to keep checking as well. But I, I do, I, something I did relate to what you said earlier on is like in, early on in April, I was looking at all these different sources to try and find something optimistic and particularly about the death rates, et cetera. And, you know, listening to people like Dr. Amrish Adalja and, and people like that. And then people who I thought were more optimistic than him, et cetera. I was so, and now, now actually it's interesting. I've noticed that my looking at Corona information is just the section that I have on my news on my Apple news app. That's what the only thing I look at now each day and Twitter. I just find every so often I'll check it, but it's so depressing that I, I come off it, but I was, you know, an avid Twitter user at the beginning of um, lockdown and now I probably check it once a day and I, I usually see things that, that, that annoy me and then I switch it off. It, you, it's so interesting what you said because I found myself pouncing in the air when, for example, Greece has low case, like, yes, go Greece. So it's, I, I, it's sad, but the, it does something to us. We, and it's something that needs to be, so what a, a good, teaching, let's say, about objective is you need to understand these emotions. You need to understand yeah. why these things are happening. So it's, uh, so it's, it's definitely something worth exploring more. Now, let me say something to our audience who might enjoy my discussions with uh, Josh or the other events that Josh is doing. So during the lockdown, during the dark moments of the lockdown, one of the best ideas that uh, Razi had with the Ayn Rand Center was 
the weekly Saturday episode with Josh. So you did a series of episodes on psychology, on resilience, on how to be productive during difficult times and things like that. So I encourage people to go and check them on the YouTube channel of, uh, of, ARC, of ARC UK. And actually, I remember we, the best thing I did during the worst time of the lockdown is that for some like 10 days, I didn't, I wasn't checking anything. I wasn't trying to find good news. I wasn't trying to find, uh, you know, what was the daily case and all that stuff. And all that was from stuff that I got out of these events. I'm not saying that you were saying people don't check the news. It's just that how I interpreted it in terms of how it would be good for me. So I encourage people to follow the work of Josh to check Resurface UK, but also to check the videos that Josh did in the Iron Run Center UK. And one more thing for... for uh, well, something I was going to say, Nikos, in relation yes. to what I think you're going to say is what you were discussing there about emotions is we, we need to really learn how to introspect and take introspection seriously. And um, I think that leads on to what's... Uh, we need to announce next about this evening. I was, I was about to do the announcement. That's yeah. why you should be playing with the screen. But you can, since you are sharing it, you should, be, you should do the outro. Okay. So I was just going to say, if, if you're more, if, you know, a few, a few weeks ago, I think it was in, in August, um, we had uh, Dr. Lee Pearson. Is it Dr. Lee Pearson? Yeah. On um, talking about uh, introspection and introspection, not just on the emotional about one's emotions, but introspecting on one's cog you know, cognition. And we've got a follow-up this evening at seven o'clock um, titled The Conscious Self as the Manager of Cognition in Action, which Dr. Lee, Lee Pearson will be presenting, which I'll be chairing. And um, something else just to remind any of you viewers or listeners is that uh, the podcasts, the videos, etc., are available on Spotify and other podcast platforms. Um, so it's not just, you don't just have to come to Facebook. You can catch up. I, I find that actually I catch up on a lot of the daily objective, etc. Um, either on the podcast app or on Spotify, etc. So I'm, I'm a very satisfied customer in that sense. And, uh, I hope other people are too. I could imagine how, uh, Josh's smoothing and calming voice or my Balkan accent If you just listen and you don't see us, it might be a different experience. So you might want also to check uh, the podcast indeed. Yeah. So, Josh, any other... Uh, so let's call it a day because we have to... You also have to prepare for the next thing. So thank you, as always, for providing us the understanding of what is happening in our mind and how we need to think about how we think and how we feel in a way. And uh, hopefully from now on, it's mostly going to be things right, like productivity and uh, rather than the resilience and the things that had to do with fear that we discussed in the last yeah. six months. So many thanks to everyone. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.